This week's episode of Live from the Dutch Hall it will start on a somber note. In order to commemorate the heartbreaking defeat of the glorious Dutch national football team, we will take the next moment to observe a moment of silence and drink a shot of whiskey. Everybody, here's to the Dutch. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. from our beautiful can studio audience welcome to live from the dutch hall i'm your host pete van dyke we're back for another week this week is a great week we have um, we were going to go with the week in review talk about the week and all that's happening in the world and today i have uh my good buddy <laughs> That's intense, eh? Oh, yeah. That's my blood boiling. Is that black metal or something? Death metal? That's rooster metal. Death metal rooster is what it's called. Yeah, death metal rooster. That's your theme song, Dave. That's the only uh, theme song that is not written by my good friend and and colleague, my Dave Charters, the, the man that writes the music for Live from the Dutch Hall. He's also, uh, you know, an incredibly uh, uh, accomplished man in the automotive industry, <laughs> and uh, we're ha- we're happy to have you here, Dave. Thanks a lot for coming in today. Glad to be here, buddy. <laughs> I feel like I'm slacking a bit as a music writer too. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna try and write something new for you. Well, in your future. Well, we should. We got to do. We we should probably have ha- have like a whole setup for you here, so you can just be the Paul Schaefer of the Live from the Dutch Hall. Uh, eventually, you know, just a guitar get, in the corner. Yeah, just go and you and you play what you're my dancing monkey. You do whatever I tell you to do. Does that sound good? <laughs> that, that sounds great. Yeah. Well, today's been a or this is a, um, there's a lot to talk about this week. Uh, a lot going on in the world. Of course, the World Cup. We started out with the um, the heartbreak of the the Dutch uh, team yesterday in a shootout to Argentina. Came down to penalties uh, and um, it was uh, tough to watch. Oh man, it was. I was beside myself. Just, just, just uh, couldn't be more uh, nervous. Uh, and uh, it, it took years off my life. I think watching the, those games, even Costa Rica, like to watch the game against Costa Rica, which also ended in penalties. It was really, really uh, something to see. But you know, to put it in perspective, uh, there's a couple of things. Number one, the to be a, a fan of the Dutch uh, soccer team. And be able to watch them hit the finals in the last World Cup and then go to the semifinals in this World Cup. If you really look at it, you know, to, to have a country with a s- small population as they are and to really establish themselves as a world power, they, they, we, it's luck- I'm pretty lucky to be a Dutch soccer fan because we get to watch a lot of uh, soccer that matters where it's our team playing. Cause it they, was exciting. Yeah. They, were really, they really played well. And th- no one really expected anything from the Dutch. If you remember the World Cup shakedown show, the – you know, I, all the writing and stuff that went 
about the Dutch going into the tournament was that they weren't going to do much. And uh, they really did prove them wrong. I think, if anything, it probably fueled them a bit. And they played uh, – they seemed to be more put the egos aside and, and, and play as a team as good as I've ever seen them do it. So uh, I think that's just coaching and the, the, that Louis Van Hall with a G. Van Hall with a G. Hall. Van Hall. I'm sure there's some some horking in there yeah. with the Dutch, eh? What an ugly language, eh? The, the Dutch language. English isn't that nice of a language either, to be honest with you, you know, but we're just used to it. But the Dutch one, it's just like English that's kind of weird. It's, it's a lot of horking. Yeah, it's a lot of horking, horking English. Even if you read it, like my, my kids, this, uh, this World Cup, my kids got really into the World Cup, so we watched a lot of, um, or they started getting into it. My daughter got an app in the last, the last game that we watched. And and she translated it translated everything into Dutch, so she would say things in English and it translated into Dutch, and then she would um, say it out loud. And I'm like, you're not getting enough phlegm in there, you know? You need to get some more phlegm in that. <laughs> but it was pretty good, actually. When I went to after the uh, Costa Rica game, I went over to my aunt and uncle's, and there were some people from Holland over, and uh, the Dutchies, the Dutchies, yeah, they came down. So I went to visit, and I uh, met the guy, a, a n- real nice couple. Came down from Holland, and the one guy, uh, he comes in. I didn't know he didn't speak English. So he came in, and we greeted each other, and I shook his hand, and then right away we started talking about soccer. I'm wearing a soccer. I'm wearing my jersey still from the day. And he would he shook my hand, and I'm right away saying, oh, what a game, you know. And he's talking to me only in Dutch. This is after the Costa Rica game. After the Costa Rica game, yeah. <clears throat> he's talking to me in Dutch, and I'm talking to him in English because I don't speak a word of Dutch. And... Um, and we're both having a conversation. I think it took us till the end of it to realize that we weren't speaking the same language <laughs> because uh, it just, I think we knew what we were saying. Yeah, even but you though, were still speaking the same language, even though you didn't understand each other. Yeah. Cause we were going through the same emotions yeah, and stuff like football that. Football language. And what he was, what I think he said was God knows what he actually said, but uh, he might've said he wanted to bang my wife. I don't know what he was saying, <laughs> but he said, uh, I think he, w- he was saying like, you know, it was a terrible uh, win, but I you know a victory is a victory kind of thing. I think that's what he was getting at. Uh, but who knows? Hey, eh? I don't know what he was doing. What he, what he was saying at all. Yeah. The one time I went to Holland, I went to uh, visit my grandpa's brother, and I had never met him before either. And I went to. I was going to school in England at the time, and I went to d- do like a four day weekend in Holland, and I was going to visit family. And uh, so I went by myself. And I never met any of these people. So my grandpa had set it up that I would um, meet his brother at the train station. But I I had a little sign. I wrote my name in it. You know. And I had it, like the way the Dutch people write it, like with One Dyke. a small V and then a period and then the D-I-J-K. Uh, that was how my name would be spelt. So I wrote that, like his first name and then Van Dyke. And um, I'm going around to people who I think look like my family. You know, like I, I'm looking at what I would imagine my grandpa's brother to look like, yeah. like a guy that looks like my grandpa. And a lot of the Van Dykes are dark and tall and skinny and stuff, you know. So I'm looking for these tall, skinny guys and going up to them saying, like, Lies van Dyke, Lies van Dyke, you know? Yeah. And then uh, people are like, think I'm crazy. And then all of a sudden I see this one little guy, little tiny guy with glasses, and he bald guy, and he comes over to me, and I hold up my sign, and he starts getting real excited, and he's talking uh, Dutch really fast to me, and I'm like, uh, I don't speak any Dutch, you know? I don't speak any of it. And then he's like, uh, you know, um, he's like, come with me, you know? Like, he's just like guiding me into his vehicle, and I get into his vehicle. And then I'm like, he's driving me around the city. We look at a bunch of statues of Phillips. Of, uh, Phillips stat- we go to a soccer stadium where PSV is, and we look at the 
the soccer stadium. We're driving all around the city, and then we start driving out of the city. And Do now, you know what's the right guy yet, or are you just hoping? No, no clue at all. No <laughs> clue at all. I don't understand a word he's saying. He's taking me, showing me statues and churches and stuff. I don't know what's going on. The guy's intense. Like, he's high energy. <laughs> and um, so we end up going to this house, and I'm, like, still, like, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm – I just got abducted, I think. You know, like, I don't know where I'm going. And I walked into the guy's house, and I saw my grandpa was an artist. He had, he had uh, and he had this painting that he did, um, and my parents always had it in their house uh, over the fireplace. They had this painting my grandpa painted, and it turns out I go in this house, and I can see when I go into his house, this exact same painting, but a smaller version of it was hanging in my in this guy's house. Like a copy, a print, or something? No, I think my grandpa did a number of different. He did the same piece like over and over again, uh, like to try to get yeah. kind of better at it. And so he did a couple pieces of the same one. He must have gave one to my dad and one to his brother. So as soon as I walked in the house, I knew, okay, I'm, a, I'm in the right place. Yeah. And this guy went right for the telephone as soon as he went into the house and then called my grandpa and hands me the phone. Yeah. And my grandpa says to me, he goes, uh, my brother thinks you don't, he thinks you don't think you're in the right house. <laughs> <laughs> like he knew that I was yeah. freaking about the whole thing. Yeah. He goes, you're in the right place. You're all right. <laughs> so for like four days I spent with this guy, he didn't speak a word of English. I didn't speak a word of Dutch. But we just kept doing like charades for two weeks, you know, like <laughs> or for four days, I should say. Like we just kept doing sh- And eventually we figured it out. But it was good. Anyways, I think there's still a lot of positives for the Dutch soccer team. Like we got a young – they said they're like the sixth uh, youngest team. And, and uh, there's a lot of kids that came up in that tournament that really, really showed that we have a promising future. We should be able to – have another kick at it in my lifetime, and they're still making good good soccer players out of that country. So, and the efforts are good. The teams are so darn good in this tournament. You that, look at the teams that went out that were rated so much higher than the Dutch. That like Spain went out in the first round, and yeah, uh, even Costa Rica. Costa Rica beat the Holland was the lowest ranked team that Costa Rica had to play, and they were that's the one they lost to, right? Yeah. But like all the other teams, they they beat like Italy or was it Argentina? They Argentina beat Holland, right? No, they no. But Costa I mean uh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica beat Italy, yeah. right? And they beat oh yeah, 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 yeah or yeah, England, right. right? Yeah. And so like they beat a couple, and they were they were both ranked higher than Holland the yeah. FIFA rankings. So the the team they played that was the lowest, and then uh, was the other one Paraguay or something? I don't even remember anymore. But anyways, just goes to show you those rankings. The the teams are so evenly matched. I think this World Cup. I noticed that even the crappy teams, the ones that are supposed to be crappy, um, the talent level on those teams is unbelievable. Like you watch teams like Iran and, and uh, Algeria play and stuff like that, and they were great teams. Like there's nothing – the the level of soccer across the world is just really, really – like so good all around. Like there's so many good players. So it made for a great tournament. We still have the finals to come. And uh, I think there's – I think uh, there's – no reason for the Dutch people to to hang their heads. It was a great tournament for everyone. And um, this is the first World Cup I've ever even got into. And uh, thanks to the World Cup shakedown here at Live from the Dutch Hall, that's what really got me inspired to watch it. But it's been great. And I actually, I would like, I want to watch soccer now, like every week. It's yeah, such yeah. a great sport, and I've never had before. Yeah, it's yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, that's I'm the same way. The I'm caliber like, of play and the and the and the talent. It's it's. Uh, unparalleled i think in any sport and the passion the the cultural passion that from each of these countries is just incredible yeah it's a lot different i mean when you talk about like and and i get kind of frustrated because i listen to a lot of american radio and stuff like that 
And when they talk about the World Cup, it's always the same thing when they when the World Cup comes around is that's how they try to discount it as a boring game of a bunch of guys running on a big field, never scoring any goals or whatever. And uh, it's just like anything else. When you're into it, when you actually kind of like understand the game and you follow it, it's like NASCAR racing. People will say, oh, they're just driving around circles. Yeah, anybody like, what's, can turn left. Yeah, what's so exciting about that? Uh, and uh, I'm like, well... And you understand the intricacies of it. I'm the same way with baseball. Like, you know, I went, I think baseball's boring as hell. But then when I went to a baseball game with a real baseball fan, and he's in, explaining the intricacies of it and how, well, you see how that guy pitched a little bit to the inside because he saw the guy made this movement this way. And, the, you know, people that know what they're talking about, yep. the game's really interesting. That's how they can sit there and really, in, uh, what I think is like watching paint dry for nine innings. I, I, the people that are into it are really into it, you know. And soccer's no different. It's the same same sport. My uh, daughters have, uh, my oldest daughter has refused to call it soccer. She's now um, one of those people, those pretentious, I actually had a warner. I said, you know, if you're going to make this decision to not use the word soccer anymore, you have to understand you're going to come across like a bit of a prick, you know, like you're going to come across like, a, yeah. you know, no one likes that person. In our society. Right. You know, she goes, just the World Cup then, Dad. I'm just going to do it for the World Cup. I said, well, that's probably better if you're going to go around calling it. Because she says, she says, like, what I. What does she call it? Football. Oh. She says, well, it makes sense that we call it football because you kick the ball with your foot. And I says, yeah, I know. I, I think they should call American football soccer because you sock, you know, like, if you tackle someone, it's kind of like socking them, you know? You yeah. sock them, right? That's so that should be soccer. And then. With a K. <laughs> what? S O C K E R. Soccer. Soccer. Yeah. <laughs> you soccer, right? Or sock them. Should be sock them. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, she, she's really bent and determined on that. She can't get over the point. And she, she thinks about it all the time. Like, why do we call it soccer? It doesn't make any sense. It should be football, right? And I go, we already got football. It's Canadian football, American football, you know, like that's why we're the different ones. We got this other ridiculous sport, but now we're faced with, uh, the final being Argentina and Germany. And, uh, uh, you know, we hate seeing the Germans there. There's no question. As a, as a Dutch fan, I hate seeing the yeah, Germans I'll be rooting there. for Argentina for sure. Yeah, I have to root for the Argentina. I would say the same thing. But you know, a lot of my a lot of my prejudice against the Germans is uh, actually well based on their soccer fans being assholes to me all the time. That's what it really is. But uh, also and WW2. Yeah, WW2. I can't get over it because of the genocide and all the horrible things they did. Right. Well, I came across an article uh, about the Argentinian team which was actually quite interesting. The Huffington Post had it out. It said, why are there no black men on Argentina's, Argentina's roster? Why are there no black oh. men on Argentina? If you look down the... I didn't even notice that. The entire team, not one, one, not one black face on the whole team. And uh, so they said it's pretty peculiar because if you look at any of the other South American teams, there's a, there's a number of, uh, of, of Afro-South American players, whatever you want to say, a number, number of black players on all those teams. You go to Europe, number of black players. You go to Germany, the most racist country <laughs> historically <laughs> that you think about because of the you know their obvious you know views with Adolf Hitler, and uh, they they have more black they have black players, but the the Argentina has none. So they said, why are there no black players? And uh, they said the 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 majority of the blacks that are in South America were brought in through uh, slavery. You know, like uh, the originally originally. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh yeah, they were the, the same as same as anywhere else. Like they brought Span the Spanish colonized and killed a lot of the native people in South America, like the indigenous people, and then they brought in slaves, and then they had the slave trade. 
I think in Argentina, they had the slave trade up till 1813 and they called them Afro Argentines. And, and even, uh, slavery was abolished in 1813. I should say that's when slavery was abolished in Argentina, but then they still kept a lot of Afro Argentines as uh, slaves even past that time. And then they promised them emancipation if they were to fight in the Argentina and Argentina's wars. So then the, a lot of the African men signed up with the hopes of winning their freedom. Uh, but what the Argentine uh, military like leaders, like the generals or whatever did, was they put all the black guys on the front lines. Oh, yeah. And so they were the ones that got, they were sacrificed in these wars. And a lot of them died off in these wars. And uh, so most perished and did not uh, recognize their rights. And then, uh, then... In 1853, the law forced the slave owners to um, to cede 40% of their slaves to military service. So they actually they actually made them give their their slaves to military service. They were sacrificing these guys for their their military um, like uh, uh, ambitions, you know. And most of the, so the, the 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 history of racism and genocide, and, and that is genocide when you sacrifice people on purpose yeah. based on their on their race or their, or, or their, what their, one of their, uh, person, their characteristics, that's genocide, right? So now we have this world cup final of the two, two of the two horrible genocide <laughs> countries, that, the worst ones, eh? So now I don't even know who I'm going to vote for because they both seem pretty terrible, eh? But I'm going to go for Argentina because they did that a lot longer ago. They have more time. If, if, if we have to forgive the Germans now and pretend they're just like later hose wearing, um, you know, polka dancers that are eating sauerkraut, Make really good sausage. Yeah, man. You know, if I'm supposed to believe that's the, in the in 70 years or whatever it's been since they killed all those people, that now I'm supposed to forget that for what Germany. Then I guess I got to forget something from 150 years ago from the Argentines. And in all that time, they didn't ever give those guys a soccer ball either. I bet. All those slaves. Well, if you, have an, a soccer ball. if you have an attitude like that, you probably aren't going to say, like, hey, you want to play organized sports? You know, like, yeah, they're not making it easy for them. So they say it's like half of 1% of the country now is, is uh, black. And at one point in time, they had, quite, you know, quite a bit more. Like, it's, right. it's just a horrible, horrible tragedy historically for Argentina. And uh, I'm glad I could bring it to light for people so there can be some, <laughs> <laughs> after they beat us, that's what you get. They're, they're, you know what? It's a South American uh, host country, and they're close to home, I guess, when they're playing. They just had their Independence Day. You, there was lots of stuff on the news where you see them all celebrating. They're really into it. So yeah, yeah. And actually, uh, that was their Independence Day, wasn't it? On the day of uh, yeah, when they played the Holland, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, so you know, bittersweet, but good for them. And really, Lionel Messi and stuff like that. What a great player! Yeah, he's Messi's a, awesome. He's a great player, and 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 he, it helps to wash away the. Uh, the shame of Maradona being just a horrible cokehead because <laughs> he was the greatest soccer player, yeah. but then he just like, no, no one wants to have him as their big hero. Yeah, so it's their Daryl strawberry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Google it people. <laughs> You're old. So then they, um, so anyways, that's the one interesting part about this final is that they're both uh, genocidal countries or I don't know if that's the right word, but they both like to kill people. And the other interesting thing about this final is that, uh, the two living popes, Pope Benedict from Germany and Pope Francis from Argentina are, uh, you know, they have their teams in the final, right? So it's a Pope versus Pope oh. final. 
So the Vatican and stuff, we're stirring stuff up. They're Are saying. they both still in the Vatican, you think? You think there's a big World Cup Vatican uh, rivalry going on right now? No, uh, no, there isn't. And I'll tell you why. Because um, Pope Benedict, who I believe, uh, I'm going to go right on the limb and say this. He's a closeted homosexual. Uh, Pope Whoa. Benedict. Well, you see those red shoes he wore? <laughs> Awfully. If, if, if you haven't looked at if you haven't seen it, go online. Were they ruby slippers? They were like ruby red slippers. Exactly. <laughs> he, I think this, and, and you know what? And I, I'm not being disparaging towards the homosexual community here, but it is true. I don't know if it's a stereotype, but it's true that a number of them have a, a large liking. It's to, more of a smash on the Catholic Church for not being able to come out, you know, just be yourself. You're not allowed to be yourself if you're a Catholic. So you have to hide in the priesthood. Yeah. Yeah. In order to uh, maintain your celibacy because you're ashamed of some part of your, your your personality. So you hide in the priesthood so you don't have to face with it because you've been told since a child that you should be ashamed of yourself or that that's evil or you go to hell or whatever because of who you are. Yeah. So then you end up becoming the Pope somehow. Because that Pope Benedict, he traveled with this guy. He was his confidant or his personal assistant and lived with him forever. And this one gentleman... I don't. I, I should look that up because I'm saying it on the air. But it is. And they're like in Santorini now or something. Like yeah, they just went off. They're retired. The Pope didn't like it. He's off living with this guy still in his ruby red slippers, like Judy Garland. And tell me, <laughs> and that was my point. Gays like Julie Gar- Julie Garland, right? They like Judy Garland. And they like uh, you know like show tunes and stuff, oh, right? Yeah. Isn't that the stereotype? They like um, you know like uh, Lady Gaga and stuff. You know like oh, like yeah. Cher and yeah. Uh, Judy Garland's on that list of people that they like, or and same with uh, what's her Judy Garland's daughter Liza Minnelli, right? Oh yeah, isn't that a, like a, those are I like think so? G- they're they're real big. They have big gay followings, don't they? So I, I think I've always thought Benedict is gay, and then so they they asked him, well, is there a big rivalry between Benedict and uh, Francis, like uh, with this uh, yeah. World Cup final? And they said, well, Pope Francis uh, refuses to pray for the Argentine soccer team because he's. Because he's going to be he what he's the uh, pope of the world right he's the world pope so he feels it would be uh, unfair uh, if he was to pray for Argentina's soccer team because you know when you're the pope he's still wearing his blue and white jersey on game day well I don't know he's saying that he's saying right now he's no longer Argentina Argentine or whatever he's the he's a, a citizen of Vatican City right. Uh. So he he's, says, I have no, he prays for them all in the hope of brothership and blah, 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 because he's everyone's pope, right? He's everyone's pope. But Pope Benedict says he does not like sports, right? He likes more intellectual pursuits, he says, right? Which does help, it helps to, to you know, I know there's a lot of uh, homosexual guys out there who are great sports fans. I know they exist. But again, if we're going to go with the, you know, the, the, the betting odds, most, uh, that would help me with my argument. Ruby red slippers, <laughs> a guy that he hangs around with all the time that lives yeah. with, that it's like his buddy, like a, you know, like a bachelor that they live, oh, yeah. th- they live Doesn't together. like sports. Yeah. And then they also have, uh, and they, and he doesn't like sports. Yeah. So that, the, that's why the popes are, the popes are saying like, you guys are blowing this out of proportion. It's just coincidence. We don't even <laughs> give a shit about this whole thing. Right. Yeah. Which brings me to my first, uh, I think before we go on, this is a big, you know, sad day for Holland and the soccer team. But I don't think it's a total defeat for all the Dutch people. I think there's one Dutch person in particular who maybe might consider this this whole World Cup a win, maybe. Well, Dave, I'm glad you brought that up because I almost glazed over it before moving on from the World Cup. And I know you're a modest guy, but... 
Well, I'm going to say it right now, everyone. You know, even though my beloved uh, Dutch team had lost, I consider that I am the winner of the World Cup. Because if you listen to the World Cup shakedown, uh, you will notice at the end of the show, we all made our picks for the Final Four. And when there's 30, 32 teams that go into it, all of which are, you know, there's so many good teams that could have won it. Like, it easily could have been. Some really good teams. Yeah, it could have easily been Italy, Spain in the final. It could have easily been, like, um, you know, it could have been, uh, what was another big shocker? Like, it could have been France and, uh, France was all right. You know, France and England, you know. It could have been any of those those things. But it wasn't. It wasn't. It was the final four teams were Holland, Argentina, Brazil, and Germany. And I'm going to play you a clip from World Cup Shakedown, and you can see my greatness. Uh, if we had to pick uh, another team or pick your final four. Yeah, um, a better one. Who or your four, four top teams that are going to make a dent in this tournament. I'm going to go. I can go first while you guys are thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying Brazil, because of the host country, they're going to be uh, strong all the way through. It's going to be, I'm going to have to put Netherlands in there, even though I think the Netherlands would face, oh no, they'll finish first in their division, and yeah, then they'll move how on. They finish, so yeah. Netherlands and Brazil, and then I'm going to go with, I don't know if Argentina's uh, strong enough, but I'm going to go Argentina and... The filthy Germans. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. So Brazil, Netherlands, Argentina, Germany. That's solid. That's right, Mike Bo. It is solid. In (laughs) fact, it was bang on. Let's hear it for Pete Van Dyke. Nailed it. I nailed it. And so what I want to also do. The only one out of the four of us, too, who nailed it. The the only one in the fucking world, Dave. (laughs) Who else picked it? I picked it. You know how hard it is to pick that out of the 32 teams like that? Like, I nailed all fucking four of them. What were the Vegas odds on that? I would have made tons of money instead of even bet you pricks. I did not. I made no money off of it. Just I, All I have is the glory to know that even though my team lost, I, Pete Van Dyke, won the World Cup this year. Thank you. Thank you. Generous crowd. And I had a Twitter listener. I had a Twitter listener who had the balls, the audacity... In fact, to question the fact that I called it only into only before in the quarterfinals, he figures is when I when I made my pick. And what I, I said, I, I just find it. I was outraged. I was outraged that this that guy needs to go back and listen to the show. Well, I sent him the link. I sent him the link on Twitter because I thought you know you got to go back because to, for you to doubt my greatness after I pulled off a feat like that, I want you all to know that was done. You, you time, date, and stamp it. It's, there's a there's a record on. The internet, a permanent record on the internet of my greatness. I called that shit. Not only that, nobody was expecting Holland to beat Spain. And you can hear in that clip I said, well, Holland's going to finish first in the division. Nobody, nobody said they were going to finish first. I said it, and they did it, you yeah. know? So, again, greatness to me. Undefeated. And I'm going to give myself another round of applause for that. Good job. All right. So, <laughs> that did... That was great. Thanks for bringing that up. I would have actually forgot that, and it was my greatest victory of my World life. World Cup's over. Pete won. Pete won. Thank you. And now, the, so what I was, we're talking about the Pope, and it brings me to, um, to a news story from this week about Pope Francis. Pope Francis, uh, this week, he met with victims of sexual abuse, um, the Vatican announced, 
He uh, it was his first time where Pope Francis had reached out to the victims uh, that had uh, been sexually abused by someone within the Catholic Church. And uh, the, D- the Vatican would not release details of the meeting until after they were sure the Pope could not could get through the exchange. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I screwed the joke up. All right. Let me Start just do over. it again. Let me do it again. Listen, let's rub that out of it. Pretend you didn't hear that, everybody. Pope Francis met with the victims of sexual abuse this week. The Vatican would not release the details of the meeting until after they were sure the Pope could get through the exchange without fucking anyone. <laughs> that was my joke. <laughs> you don't like it? That's the Pope. Yeah. Well, I don't think he did. I don't think He's he did. He's married to God. He doesn't. Yeah, well, whatever that other I mean, Benedict with his ruby red slippers. They, you know what? He's he's trying to do the right thing and trying to say he's got a zero tolerance policy for all the st- shenanigans within the church. I, Jane said to me too. She, I said I'm write this joke about the Pope. She said, she said, uh, my wife Jane. I should, uh, she said, uh, you know, you're saying that to a staunch Catholic. <laughs> he's not going to be happy about it. He's a staunch Catholic. So, I do follow the Pope on Twitter. I do too. A Pope in the Iron Sheik. And I'll tell you something. <laughs> the uh, the Pope. The Pope. Uh, you know, he, he 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 leaves out a lot of big social issues where the Iron Sheik will attack every one of them. He will not leave one behind. Oh, yeah. okay? That's what I like with the Iron Sheik. He he doesn't. He's not afraid to tackle the tough issues. Eh? The Pope stays That's quiet true. on a lot of them. You know, I don't think big the, uh, football fan too. The Iron Sheik. He was tweeting. Oh yeah, big World f- Cup. Yeah, he he always tweets about the World Cup. Uh, I like uh, I like to throw the odd comment. The guy's a genius. He's a very, he's very entertaining. I like him more, way more than the Pope on Twitter. <laughs> I could admit. <laughs> but anyways, uh, the Pope, yeah, the, the Pope's trying to do the right thing and trying to clean this stuff up. But they dig, the more they dig into all their um, history, like even back in the, when the Pope was just like the Archbishop in Argentina, there was, a, there was one uh, priest who had uh, served, was sentenced to a lot of time in prison for uh, sexual abuse or whatever, diddling kids or whatever they do. And... Um, and the Pope was was seen as being a great supporter of this guy through that ordeal. So he's he's criticized for it now. He's he's criticized as being like a, 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 what do you call it a sympathizer of the pedophile, right? But uh, real, if you're a Catholic, if you're like you are, you're staunch Catholic, right, Dave? Staunch, staunch. Then you know that the whole religion's based around forgiveness, right? And based the r- rhythm method. Those yeah. are the two big things that we got. Yeah, yeah. I got a question for you. When you're in church, let's say you're in church, right? Your priest comes out. You ever heard a priest say, we're all sinners? Yeah, almost every week. Yeah, they say we're all sinners, right? Well, I don't think I'm that much of a sinner. So I think that I think the priest is a sinner. Every time I hear a priest say we're all sinners, I'm like, well, I don't think I'm doing anything wrong. What are you up to, buddy? Yeah, he admits he's a sinner, of course. Well, what's he doing all so sinners. bad? He should well, do public confession, the priest. We gotta go tell him our sins. You go if you're gonna say we're all sinners. What the fuck are you, what you up mean, to? You mean public confession, like videotape confession, like this is what I've done this week in church at the beginning of it. The priest got to stand up and say, "Bless me, parish, for I have sinned, and this is what I did bad this week." And then we have to forgive him, right? We have to decide whether we want to forgive him. We gotta go tell him what we did. I know a person. That's I'm not- so God forgives you. Not the. It's not about the parish forgiving you. It's about God. Huh? People don't have the. People don't. Oh, we don't have the power to forgive him? It's not about the power. People in general don't forgive. Like, uh, there's a lot of people who hold grudges and can't forgive people. 
Mm-hmm. So to ask people for forgiveness, to ask the parish for forgiveness is is just in vain because we don't have the uh, – a lot of people just can't do it, you know. Well, I can't forgive yeah. them? Then they shouldn't be a Catholic. Yeah, like That's have you ever basic. heard like people say like I – like, I can't forgive that. I'll, I'll never forgive. I'll never forgive him for that. All right. Well, I agree, though. Let's say you're a horrible person. Let's say you're. Um, let's say you are like a German. Like nine, 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 nine. Right. You're Adolf Hitler. Right. Adolf Hitler's Catholic now. Which which Adolf Hitler? If you if you if you look at it, he went after the Jews, the Gypsies. Right. Everyone who wasn't and the Catholics. There was Catholics in those concentration camps, mm-hmm. eh? Mm-hmm. If you if we didn't get to Hitler and you let him finish his Jew thing, he would eventually came to the Catholics, right? But let's pretend in this scenario that Adolf Hitler is a Catholic, right? Does terrible things, right? Does does all those terrible things that he did? Everyone's got to admit that Adolf Hitler's a real jerk, right? Yeah. Even the Germans don't don't like him anymore, right? They've they, they've pretty much denounced him. Yeah. There is a great shame in their history because I think he kind of fooled them somehow, like. There was a lot of points, eh, in Hitler's thing. I think that the, there was a lot of taxes and there was a lot of, like, probably, like, working man things that he addressed in order to gain their acceptance. And then he went a little nutty on everything else, right? Yeah. And the crowd was involved in it by that time or whatever. So it's a great shame of the Germans even. But if he was a Catholic and he goes to a priest and he says, yeah, I killed a, you know, a few million Jews in a big uh, project I was working on, um, the priest going to forgive him for that? He says, "I'm truly sorry for it. I promise not to do is it." Is he again. really sorry, or is he just saying it? No, he's saying he's in. He's sorry now. He's sorry. He he's he's sorry that he killed all those people. He had a moment of clarity all of a sudden. You know, he came out of his rage and whatever Jew rage he was into, and then he uh, all of a sudden realized, "Oh, I did a real bad thing there. That I shouldn't have killed those millions of people." And then he uh, he comes in and confesses to the priest that he's um, that he's sorry and he wants to be forgiven. Can the priest say to him, no, that's too bad. you got to go to hell. Because he think, should. I, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think it's in the priest's, like, job description to forgive him. That's what he, if he's truly sorry. Yeah, that's my point about the Pope, though. He went, they seen as being a pedophile supporter in Argentina, but really that guy, that he, he was just, he was just uh, doing he's the just Catholic thing about forgiving him, right? He's trying to give him some sort of compassion, granting him grace or whatever they do. But I think sometimes you just got to say, no, no, that one's a bad one. That one's a deal breaker. <laughs> if you're going to get into heaven, one of the things they want to make you do is make sure you didn't kill millions of people. If you kill millions of people, they say, that's right. I'm sorry, hell. Yeah. You feel real bad. I'm, I'm sorry. Real bad or not, you go to hell. Yeah, I don't think they have a list. Like I don't think they have a like a. There list. should be a no forgiving sin. There should be certain a category of sins. They're like, nope, that's it. You don't get any absolution. Absolution. Easy them. for you to say. How do you say that? Absolution. Absolution from those sins? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. That's way better than my word. What was I say? Absolution? It's not even a word. Anyway. Emotion. Yeah, we'll make that up. I don't know. I can make up language. It's my fucking show. Also, you know, last week we did that Canada Day show and uh, nobody, uh, no swearing. It was a family friendly show. Everyone hates those, eh? Nobody listens yeah. to those ones. You Look, say as soon as they don't see the e on it, I, like, like half the listeners that. like fuck that. Pete's not saying fuck all the time. I'm I'm not even listening. <laughs> Great show though. Great live performances from a lot of people. Oh really? You like to say that about yourself? Not so much about me. You fucking but the other ones. Asshole. You just say, oh, that was fantastic last week. Did you hear me? Show. That was great. <laughs> well, that's a good. That's a good lead into the next segment, which we like to call feedback. We got feedback. 
We got feedback. That's my favorite. Welcome to Feedback. We got feedback. This week's Feedback. We got feedback is brought to you by Norfolk and Blues Festival, which happens on July 19th and 20th at the beautiful Lakeside Vista in Norfolk County. If you'd like to go on www.norfolkbluesfest.ca and you can get your tickets. You can, it's a great weekend of camping, live music, and uh, in a beautiful location right on, on the North Shore of Lake Erie. It's a great time if you can get down for it. It's Norfolk in Blues Festival. Thank you for sponsoring the show. So, feedback. We got feedback this week. Uh, we'd like to start out by uh, welcoming all of our listeners. New listeners to the show. We have listeners this week from Caledon, Ontario, Oshawa, Antioch, California, Kansas City, Missouri, Burford, Ontario, and Melbourne, Australia. Thank you for all our new listeners. And uh, also, uh, we also like to make a, take this time to recognize the listener of the week. And this week's listener of the week is a very special lady who's uh, actually, she made a request of me the other day if I was still selling those live from the Dutch Hall shirts because she wanted to get herself one of those things so she could help support the show. I am going to just buy a big box of them so I can start sending them out. I just want to tell everybody, if you haven't gone online uh, and booked your B- Dutch Hall t-shirt, you should, because they look great, and I really want one, so we <laughs> we need to get these things ordered up. I think I'm just going to buy the box of them, then you can just, you can just order them off of the, by sending me an email, I'll send you one. But, because um, they do look pretty, pretty boss, eh? Oh, with yeah. that, uh, with the, the logo. The logo is great. Yeah, the logo looks pretty, pretty, pretty kick-ass. So, um... We're going to get some of those shirts made. And the person that was asking for that shirt in our listener of the week this week is uh, Joanne Van Dyke. Joanne Van Dyke is uh, my aunt and a great uh, supporter of the show. She likes it. I'm always surprised uh, when that when people say they like my show. And, uh, you know, she's been a great supporter of me. So thank you very much, Aunt Joanne. You are the listener of the week. And thank you everybody who's done who's given me feedback this week. I really enjoy the feedback I've been getting. Uh, I've got some really um, helpful stuff. I got a whole dictionary of, of Haitian Creole, Haitian uh, English to Haitian Creole, so that I can speak better to the Haitian dwarf. That came from one of my listeners. Really? Yeah, I want to thank you for thank her for that, and uh, a lot of good face, uh, a lot of good comments on um, on Facebook and Twitter, and shares and retweets and. Thank you very much for everybody who's given their feedback. It's always helping me make the show better. Um, that brings us to our segment with the uh, Haitian Dwarf. And let's play the Haitian Dwarf theme song. I cannot, I oh, yeah, I love it. Well, I can't find That's it. That's great. You had to cut it short oh, last week, eh? Yeah, because it's swearing. Eh? But anyways, this week has uh, got the E on it. I like to say it. So here we go, Haitian Dwarf. <laughs> Play it all the way through. The video is awesome too. <laughs> Squeeze your cunt, is that what he said? Make you grunt. <laughs> Squeeze your cunt, is that what he said? Make you grunt. 
hear the Haitian Dwarf's feedback Fantastic. this week. The Haitian Dwarf has been with me since the beginning, as I say every week, and he's, a, he's my favorite listener. The Haitian Dwarf gave me another review on iTunes, and uh, it was five stars. It has been for quite some time. The Haitian Dwarf has nice. been quite generous with his five stars. His comments this week is, is that, sounds like you Canadians know how to party. I enjoyed hearing the great live music from such a talented cast. The only thing that would have been better would have been a Velcroed up midget. So thank you, Haitian Dwarf, again for that uh, lovely feedback. I got to tell you. Let's have a shot to the Haitian Dwarf. Let's have a shot to the Haitian Dwarf. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Uh-uh. Ooh. So, <clears throat> all right. Haitian Dwarf, I got to tell you, at the end of it all, you say a Velcroed up midget. And I got to tell you, with me, um, I know that it's like a, a black person can say the N-word, you know? And... Uh, you know, maybe, a, I don't know, if it, can a gay person say the, the other F word? You know, the other F word that's bad now? You can't say it? Um, yeah, probably. Probably amongst so. their community. If they, yeah. If, if they own it, right? It's, it's yeah. theirs. So I'm sure that because a Haitian dwarf is a dwarf, he can probably say the, the M word, midget, right? But um, He just did. Yeah, he did. But I'm saying that's not my words. That's a Haitian dwarf's words. I'm very, I'm very politically correct and uh, sensitive to the... We all uh, know that. Yeah, that's a big, big concern of mine is that I'm... You know, inclusion, including of all the world to listen to the live from Dutch Hall broadcast, right? And, uh, but I, I, I got to tell you, uh, there's a difference between a midget and a dwarf. I looked it up today, what a difference between a midget and a dwarf is. Really? Yeah. Yeah. See, a midget is, uh, and then and it's always offensive. They said it through the whole thing. A midget is all, is an offensive term, offensive term. But let's go back in time when there, when uh, it wasn't an offensive term. There used, there's a distinction. A midget is a person under the height of four foot ten, uh, who is uh, proportionally correct in every way. Like uh, he's just a small person, or she is just a small person, proportionally correct in every way. Just stunted growth. Really? Yeah. Yeah. N- total, so total. When I think of midget, sorry for the M word, but that's not that's not the image I get in my head when I think of midget. No. A uh, dwarf, though, has has uh, disproportionate uh, limbs and uh, oversized head, that sort of thing. Like it's been like some sort of a, a either nutrition or a genetic problem that's caused them to to develop differently, and their their uh, uh, their proportions are different, and that's why they're they're a dwarf. They're, oh. they're some of their proportions are, are you know dwarf. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, where a midget is proportionally correct in every way. If you look at old like movies where they would show. Um, little people, there would a lot of times be these little people who look like just little men that were completely like, uh, proportionally correct, just really short, but really small, like tiny little, little people. Right. And those people generally, they had a pituitary issue, I believe a pituitary gland problem. And it's been solved like giganticism, you know, giganticism. Is that the great big tall guys? Like, there's like Andre the in, Giant uh, and stuff, and like yeah, yeah, they the yeah, even the girls, the tallest girl in the world. Are you gonna go pee? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna talk about you the whole time you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when 
when my guests go to the washroom, it's a source of great shame. So then I like to, I wish I should just come up with things like the say, pretend they're still here, but then they're doing horrible things like, uh, Dave, get your dick out of that, that Jager bomb machine. Like, please. Oh, for the love of God, why are you shoving that bottle in your butthole? You know, like stuff like that. You know, I was thinking about doing that, but instead you knew he was going to the bathroom. But anyways, the, the dwarf and midget distinction is a key there. I'm not sure if the Haitian dwarf knows it. And so it makes me curious. Is he a midget or is he a dwarf? So I'm going to put that question out to the Haitian dwarf. Let me know. Are you proportionally correct in every way or are you, are you different? Are you like stunted and have um, a disproportionate? Because uh, I'm just curious is all it is. I'm just curious to see what kind of guy I'm dealing with. We also, my buddy uh, Dave had sent out um, a tweet. I'll retweet it. Uh, a video which we think is pretty good video evidence that of of the Haitian dwarf. I think we actually found Haitian dwarfs. We found a video of them, and we're wondering if our Haitian dwarf is mixed amongst this group. So if you want to, follow me on Twitter, Dutch Hall on Twitter, and go look at the feed that I'm going to retweet from Dave. And you tell me, like, a Haitian dwarf, you already follow me on Twitter. Like, if that's you, let me know. Is that you? And if we can get you in a Velcroed up suit, I already told you, we're going to go, we're going to, I'm going to rent the hall. We're going to get a crowd out. We're going to have you and we'll Velcro you, we'll throw you on the wall. Just let me know where you are. Let me know how we can make this happen. How many Haitian dwarves could there possibly be? You know, when you find these gems on, on YouTube that have Haitian dwarves in them, wouldn't you think that our boy would be one of them? Well, I, I imagine I guess it's a, a small portion of the population. You know, that's the reason why they get away with so, so much intolerance with language, eh, with people like us and, you know, comedians and stuff like that who, like, decide that they're going to use the little people as a target and because it's funny because everybody's got this fascination and it's funny. is because there's such a small portion of the population you can't get in trouble. If there were a quarter of the population was little people, there's no way you'd get it with half the stuff you get away with as far as that. Like, I would be considered a, a horrible racist if I was to even just go on with this Haitian dwarf bit, right? Is dwarf a bad word? I don't think so. Dwarf's not a bad word yet. I, I think they're both kind of medical terms, dwarf and midget both. That's what I think. Midget is a medical term of, of what I just told you, like a, a yeah, proportionally so correct little person. It's unfortunate that it has some negative you know, connotations from society. but Yeah, I agree. That, that's the way most uh, hate speech comes out, right? It's like it's a term like I'm going to use the word retarded, right. which was, you know, a real term, I think, at one point. Yeah, their then, brain was retarded. Then, their brain was like yeah, uh, it's like a it, slow, it, some slow growth or something, like stopped yeah. the growth or whatever. It was retarded Stunted growth. Stunted growth, retarded something. growth, yeah, yeah. And then uh, for some reason it just became, uh, you know, society turned it into a, an, into a bad word, you know. Yeah, you know, the, the thing about it is, though, is that most people, when they use the word retarded, they're not referring to, like, retarded people. They're referring to stupid people. Right, they're reper- they, you yeah. do something stupid, or even uh, it's like an adjective for something you did, like oh, that was retarded, or yeah, you know. stupid. It was just an interchangeable word with stupid, right? Which is kind of offensive to retarded people because then you then you're calling them stupid when they're not stupid, they're retarded. It's different, right? Their brain is retarded. They're not stupid. They just they had like a retarded growth in their brain, right? Yeah. But but the but that's that's why it's offensive because we're using it to to mean something else. Yeah. And same with the same. And then with, the language has to evolve after that because all like now it's uh, it's derogatory. So there's then they develop some politically correct term that. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's not any less derogatory, really. It's 
like society is still going to take whatever the term is and turn it into something bad. That, that's what human, that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. No, like fag or faggot, the, the, that's the big bad one now. Right. If you say that one, that's why Jonah Hill had to go on Fallon and like grovel, like oh. a, just a disgusting, uh, it, I, I like Jonah right. Hill until that. And then I'm also like, ugh. Like, uh, who's, it's the same canned publicist response that they get yeah, every time that they have to go out. In his defense, it's probably not his fault. He didn't write that speech that he gave on Fallon. It no, was, but he said it. But he, he did say it. He's, if, yeah. if, if my publicist gives me a thing I have to say to apologize for this episode, and, and I say, I don't have a publicist. I, mean, I don't have anyone that works for me. So they, they uh, but if they gave me something, they said, Pete, you, you, you screwed up. You can't say midget that many times. You can't say faggot on the air. You can't say retarded. You have to apologize to all of those groups. Even though we're doing it in context and trying to, like, give the basis behind it. I would say, fuck you. The, this is, uh, I said it right. Put it in context. Listen to the whole goddamn show. You see, yeah. I'm not doing anything hateful. You know, I, lo- I love the Haitian dwarf. He's my favorite guy. I'm trying to get some clarity around his language that he uses. The, and my point about uh, faggot, while we're on that one, the, or fag, that's a big bad word now. That one, uh, I understand. Like, once you put it in context and you know that the, the history behind it, you know, I think it used to be uh, uh, faggot was a, a faggot was a bundle of sticks, right? That they, in Puritan times, they throw on the fire, right? And then and they'd say, they would burn homosexuals. And they would... Really? Yeah. Yeah, like witches. They would burn witches, right? Uh. The Puritans. So they'd burn witches, but they'd also burn homosexuals. And so they would say, throw that faggot on the fire like a bundle of sticks. Like, he, they treated him not like a human, like a bundle of sticks. Well, that's a, that, that, the origin of that term is offensive, right? Right? Yeah, if you're burning people, I would say. Yeah. Well, you're telling them you, you, you don't value them as a human. You, you, you think they're no better than a bundle of sticks, Dave. You know, uh, but then, but then, uh, now the way we use it is like sissy, you know, like if you're being a, if you're being a fag, right? Like you're just, you know, yeah. like yesterday, what you didn't say it, you didn't say it, but you said I was gay Wait, last week, right? You said that on the candidate podcast, you said that, uh, I said oh, a gay that, yeah, thing. That's right. I, I was gay. It was the gayest thing you've heard. You said when I, something I said, right? That's right. You said I, I played it. I learned a song for you or something. My yeah. buddy Dave learned the song for you. Yeah, because yeah, we're good friends, Dave. And I didn't mean it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't want to bang you in your butthole. I don't find you attractive. I find you to be... Um, You've mentioned that many times yeah. on, on your podcast, how you find me hideous to look at. Yeah, you're not uh, visually appealing. You're, you're, you're not... I, I've never found you... I've known you since you've been four years old. Since the entire time I've known you, I've found you to be unappealing to the eye. No offense. <laughs> since my kindergarten birthday at the rec center. That was a great one. That was a great one. And I made a bad impression on your mom. I'm sorry about that. She, <laughs> I was just excited. We're going to swim pool. We're going to McDonald's. She still doesn't like you. Yeah, I know. I know. She, she likes me enough. She likes me enough. She likes me as much as you. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I think she likes me now. Do you don't think so? That was a great birthday. We had Happy Meals. That was so much fun. I was just really stoked. I went swimming. Yeah, I never got to swim in the rec center. I never got to go to McDonald's with a whole bunch of my friends before. That was a great birthday party. And then someone picked me up in their car. I've never been out before. I lived on a farm. I sat at home in isolation on the farm. I never had any uh, outings. Yeah, maybe your like, cousins come over once in a while. And yeah, that's all I got. I got a bunch of girl cousins come over. They were my age, and I got to hang around with them. And then one time I got to go out and hang out with a bunch of my friends from school and go to the rec center and swimming in the pool and <laughs> go to McDonald's, have my own Happy Meal with a toy. And a maze on the box and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, shit. I was jacked right up. And probably full of sugar. 
Oh, yeah. I would imagine. Anyways, your mom's got to put that in context. She's got to let that. That's, that's freaking 35 years ago. She's got to let that go. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot that you've done since then, too. The worst stuff, you mean? Well, I just, you don't have a very good, you know. Track record? Yeah. Well, you know, most of the stuff that I, the trouble I get into is not, or the trouble you get into is not because of my influence. I think I've actually gotten you out of more Seriously? trouble. Are you kidding it's me? It's always with you, though. Yeah, but that's just because you go You're out with me. obviously the catalyst. No, I'm not. The only times we've gotten into real trouble is the times where I've had too much to drink. And that's because... I'm the voice of reason amongst our group, and, and when, when I get out of hand, then there's no one holding you back. That's what it is. Voice of reason. Yeah, damn right. Voice of reason. T- picture the times we've gotten the most trouble in our life, and those are the times when I've been, I, I've been um, too, too wasted to, to get us out of trouble. Yeah, that's my fault because I'm supposed to be your handler. No, you're supposed to. When I'm doing something stupid, you're supposed to get me out of trouble. Like I got you out of trouble when you did something stupid, but then you, you're just as stupid as I am. That's the problem. <laughs> there was never the night where you. I, there's never been a night where you've talked me out of trouble, and there's or and it goes for the other guys we hang around with. They've never talked me out of trouble. It's always been me talking out of trouble when I get wasted. Anyhow, you want to do a little bit of news, Dave, to end the show? Yeah, sure. All Is right, it getting that time already. Yeah, we're at 53 minutes or something like that. So we got a couple of news stories here. We're going to go through the week of news, that the week that was in the world we live in. We already talked about the racist Argentinians. We've talked about uh, the Diddlin Pope. And now we're going to talk about Winnipeg, on, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, has just passed a law. Oh, I love Winnipeg. Yeah, they passed a law that uh, there will be now a $100 fine if you are caught singing on a bus. If you're on a public bus and you're singing a song, they will find you fine you a hundred dollars. Still allowed on the for bus? Singing? Yeah, for singing. For singing, you're not allowed to sing, but it, still allowed on a public bus is clipping your toenails, coughing to the back of the person in front of you, and uh, That's smelling like shit. <laughs> Those are all still allowed on a Winnipeg bus, but no singing, Dave. No singing. That is bullshit. Singing's awesome. I sing all the time. If you're if you're riding the city bus, you're you're not things aren't going well for you. You know what I mean? Generally, ah, I don't know. What if you live in the downtown core? You have no need to public transportation is is what you do. It's not. Well, you take a cab. Ah, a cab's a that's city bus is fucking Calcutta, man. It's 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 horrible. <laughs> You've been on a city bus? You don't have to ride on the roof. I'm a country guy, though. I'm a country, I admit, I'm not, I don't, I don't even see a city bus. If I go into the city and I'm on a city what bus. What about the subway? I like the subway, but it's Do they gross. have a subway in Winnipeg? No, they don't. Uh, Too hard to get in that. It's, it, well, it's the, it's the uh, what is that called? Too much bedrock? Yeah. What's that called? <laughs> the Canada, it's a whole, when you get yeah, up to yeah. like northern Ontario and it becomes like the Canadian Shield. Canadian yeah, Shield. Shield. Canadian Shield, yeah. Yeah, you can't put a subway in the Canadian Shield, Dave. Yeah. Not without a lot of dynamite. <laughs> that's a that's hard rock. You want to go in the silty lake beds of Toronto and Vancouver or whatever. <laughs> so do, do they have? A, they don't even have a subway in Vancouver, do they? Montreal. They have a metro in Montreal and Toronto. That's in Canada. I think that just the two cities are uh, Toronto and Montreal that have subways, and that's it. I love the subway. I don't mind the subway either, or the train. I don't mind the train either. The train's expensive though. Yeah, Canada, but the, it's really expensive. But it's uh, you don't have to worry about like the, getting your head cut off. Remember that guy in um, 
It was an Asian guy on a city bus. I think it was in Manitoba too. He cut that uh, cut that guy's head clean off. What on the bus on the city bus? That's also against the rules. You can't sing and you can't cut a guy's head off. Those are both two things you can't do. That man was punished. <laughs> apparently, apparently he was insane. <laughs> that was his defense. That's crazy. They're like, how do you know? Well, he cut a guy's head off on the city bus. <laughs> I suspect him of being insane. Anyways, so you can't sing on the city bus. I think it's bullshit. They're, they're eventually going to control everything. Eh? You can't sing. You can't hum. Can you whistle? You know, can you like, uh, can you just think happy thoughts to yourself? Can you twiddle your thumbs? What's, where's the end of it? You know, fuck it. If I want to sing a song, I want to take that fine. I want to get it. Next time I ride the city bus in Winnipeg, I'm going to bring, um, a hundred bucks. I'm going to put it in my pocket and I'm going to sing, um, the rodeo song right on the bus. Right. <laughs> then it's worth it. You know that song? Yeah, it's 40 below. Oh, it's 40 below. I don't give a fuck. Got a heater in my truck and it's off the rodeo. You know that one? Mm-hmm. Uh, and left, and right. Come on, you motherfucker. Get the right steps right. Get on stage, you goddamn jerk. Hello. You know, piss <laughs> me off. You got, <laughs> I got some good, uh, this is a good news story. What is it? From this uh, week. Yeah, I'd love this to This is uh, Russian police women. Russian police women. Are getting disciplined for wearing short skirts. Oh, there's a nice picture. I might tweet this out. But what's happening is the hemlines on these uh, Russian police women are getting shorter and shorter. They've noticed, and uh, they're even starting to mix uh, civilian clothes with their police uniform, like high heels and. Uh, slutting it up, hey? Yeah, the, the Russian female cops are really slutting it up. I like it's it. A great picture. Remember when Russia? I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think that's appropriate. They're supposed to be preserving and protecting, right? Yeah, but what are you going to – let's say you're doing something bad. You're getting ready to do like a, a horrible crime, right? You're looking at it, trying to mug someone, right? And then – or no, no, no. Let's say you're just in a – or maybe uh, you're in a public riot, right? You're, you're doing something bad. There's a big riot. You're, you're smashing the windows in this Russian TV stuff. You're breaking some TVs. There's a nice riot in town in Moscow, right? All of a sudden, this fucking slut comes up wearing high heels and a dress. You're carrying a TV. You fucking – you forgot what you're doing all of a sudden, right? You put the TV. I think like, it would put the TV me. down. Some sir. dickhead comes up, some big bruiser with a with a billy club, gonna whack you with it. You're like, "Fuck you, cop! I'm gonna get this TV and run away from you!" Right? All of a sudden, the girl comes up. She's like, "Hey, put that down!" I'm like, "Oh, how you doing, baby?" You know? Do you remember when Russian women used to be um, gross? Yeah, look at that. You're not gonna commit crimes around those girls. You're gonna be <laughs> I'll sitting tweet there. That picture you're gonna be sitting there spraying yourself down with Axe body spray. <laughs> <laughs> trying to talk to the police all nice, trying to take them out to dinner. That's what you're going to do there. I, I think that's a mistake. That's going to keep people in check if you got hot chicks well, being the cops. The Russians don't like it. I like it. And you remember when Russian women used to be, like in, during the Cold War and stuff, when Russian women used to be like big bruisers, like men, they had like a one eyebrow and a Adam's apple and stuff like that. <laughs> remember like during the Olympics and stuff, like in the – 88 Olympics or whatever, or eight, whatever one they boycotted, the 84, and, wet, and the East Germans were all, like, big bruisers. And it was all the steroid oh, yeah. age. Yeah, the swimmers had, like, yeah. big fucking, you could see dicks through their swim, swim swimsuits and stuff like that. And now Russian women are gorgeous. Every Russian woman you see is, like... Uh, Most of the Russian women I know I've seen in strip joints, and they're all pretty hot. Really? You go there a lot? No, but I used to. Really? When we were younger. Really? I don't remember. I like your strip joint move. You were there with me. <laughs> I know I was. <laughs> I know I was. 
You know what, Dave Strip, Dave Strip Club move, I'm going to tell this on the air because I think it's funny, <laughs> is that uh, we go to Stags because I have a big family. We go to a lot of Stags before weddings, and a lot of times we end up at a adult establishment, watch the ladies dance. And uh, Dave's move is we'll sit down at a table, and you'll automatically get bothered by these girls wanting to, wanting to get you for a dance, right? And uh, Dave's big move was he'd take out his phone and show pictures of his kids. So he'd say, would you like to see the pictures of my kids? And then uh, it was so funny watching them squirm. They couldn't get out of there fast enough, eh? It was great. We had a whole big... Uh, the real family, man. Yeah. Uh, they, if they want to have some sort of relationship with me that's, you know has to do with their bodies or sexual. I think they need to know me as a person <laughs> before that happens. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do because uh, they have to be aware of the fact that you are um, cheating on your wife and children. Yeah, man, I love yeah. my kids. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the blowjob you're paying for, it should be known that it's a really bad one. No, that never happened. What would happen was that they they give us a big perimeter of space and we get to drink all night and talk <laughs> yeah. and then actually enjoy the show. You can see up. them go and talk to their friends like, don't go over there. That guy's yeah, got yeah, pictures of his yeah. kids. These are a couple of duds over there. Look at their khaki pants. Their pleated khakis, <laughs> these couple of losers. Hey, the, but uh, you know what my favorite thing to do at a strip club is? All, ultimate favorite thing to do in a strip club is like because you once we got that space, we could just sit there and it's just hacking on the – it's just ta- commentating – on the dancer on stage. I love oh, yeah. that. To go, I like to make predictions yeah. of what the next song is going to bring, right? First song, you know, is always going to be um, just an introductory song. We're going to get to know the girl, right? She yeah. comes out, she dances a little bit, rubs the ceiling, maybe does a couple of moves, yeah. uh, maybe takes off her outer clothing, but you're still going to have brawn panties on, right? Like you're still going to be mostly clothed, right? Second song comes out. Now they got to show something. That's the commitment they made. That's right. Second song, top or bottom. Top or bottom. So now it becomes a betting man's game. Which one are they going to take off first, top or bottom? Because if they got a bad rack, this is, and I hope I hope it don't come across too misogynistic here to all my female fans out there. But it's true. It's true. They girls are making the same decision. So I'm trying to put myself in that that stripper's shoes uh, or clear heels. And then uh, we're you know gonna... she's looking at herself in the in the mirror before a show, saying like, "This is my body. I'm going to show it to people." Yeah, what eventually we're going to see it all. And if they have real bad tits, if they have really bad like tits, flapjacks. Yeah, like uh, empty bean bags. You know, like that sort of boobs. Yeah. You know, that which in, in in normal life, you know, like that. That's you know, people age and very that, normal. But in a profession like that, you know, that's your money maker. That's your money maker, right? So uh, you. Those girls, if you spot them, I, say, I think she might be one of those bad tit strippers. She's going to go bottoms first. She'll let you see the inner workings of her vagina all yeah. day long, right? All her labial and clitoral piercings. <laughs> yeah. Everything she's got going on down there, the hardware. I like how you really stress clit when you say clitoral. <laughs> You're like clitoral, clitoral. <laughs> Anyways, um, yes, they will go bottoms first. And then if the girl's got a nice rack, then she'll go uh, boobs first because she doesn't mind having those things out. She'll have boobs out in the second song. And then third song, they lay down the tiger blanket or whatever yeah. it is, a wolf blanket. Yeah. And then they do the little move to like maybe a ballad by uh, maybe Every Rose Has Its Thorn. You know, maybe, uh, oh, Turn the Page by Bob Seger oh, yeah. or Metallica of Turn the Page. That's mm-hmm. what the one that would go for, right, mostly. And then you'd get the, the bottoms off of those girls. But the girls that go bottoms in second song – Third song, nothing much happens. Third That's song, right. they wait till the last like five seconds of the song, and yeah. then 
they're winding down the old the, the fade out, and then they take the bra off. You see the what is yeah. the their shame, and then they they pick up their stuff right away. They hold their clothes over their breasts, and yeah. then they they scurry off the stage. Yeah, I miss that stuff. I haven't been there in a long time, number of years. <laughs> what? I got I got some good uh, quotes here from Rob Ford. Well, Rob Ford's up. been in a little hot water. Uh, you know, he just uh, finished his rehab um, stint a couple of weeks in rehab or months or whatever it was in rehab. It actually gave the city of Toronto a nice break from um, all the ridicule. And um, they got to be in a normal city for once. And now Rob's, Rob Ford's back and doing stupid shit again so that everyone gets to talk about him. And uh, he's in a lot of hot water about his views on the – what's the acronym there, Dave? G L T B L. I think it's L G L G B T. And you Q. said there's a Q in it now. Yeah, they I didn't put know a Q the Q in Q's there. But, uh, yeah, LGBT. queer or qu- questioning or something. Questioning or people who are just trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. That's they also cool. there's they're adding more all the time because there's a whole bunch of categories that there aren't. Uh, this one's funny. I got one about about that about like maybe uh, the L G B T a little bit, and then I got another. Really, oh, you just like his favorite. quotes. I, I love the quotes. Yeah. All right, let's go. Rob Ford quotes. He's getting uh, this one's just uh, just kind of a random thing. It's an older one too, but if you're not doing needles, this is Rob Ford, by the way. Yeah. If you're not doing needles and you're not gay, you wouldn't get AIDS, probably. <laughs> That's the bottom line. How are women getting it? Maybe they're sleeping with bisexual men. I like how he, he, his inner inner dialogue comes yeah, out. It just to comes the press. out. Whatever's in his brain just comes out. <laughs> just fuse right out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that was one. That do you have another one there? This is my favorite, and it, it's unrelated to the uh, LGBT LGBT community. <laughs> but this is uh, my favorite out of this list, anyway. And it's on fatally injured cyclists. <laughs> so you're a cyclist, and you get killed riding your bike. Yeah. My heart bleeds for them when someone gets killed. But it's their own fault at the end of the day. Doesn't he also? <laughs> doesn't he also say that the um, when he's saying subways, subways, subways? Is that the next one you're getting to? Because it fits in nicely with this one, with that one. Because he, do you have that one up? I do. Yeah, he says people want subways, folks. Subways, subways. They don't want these damn streetcars blocking up our city. And doesn't he also say that the bicycles are stupid? Yeah, and then the next one is. Uh, <laughs> cyclists are a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> but then he was questioned on it because uh, they told, said his words were unparliamentary. So he said, uh, I will retract the word ass. <laughs> Cycling. So cyclists, cyclists are, are a pain, pain in the. In the <laughs> very good. In the insert your own word. So when he says that it's their own fault, it's their own fault. He really, he's got to burr up his ass about cyclists, eh? He likes to drive to work on an, he doesn't like to he's see you know, streetcars like, or cyclists. Because he's probably texting on his phone a lot, like with his crack dealer, trying to get a score, and then a cyclist jumps out in front of him because he's not paying attention. Yeah, he did get he may, Has he killed a cyclist? I don't think he's killed anyone but yet that he's been uh, arrested for. <laughs> did you know the, um, the mayor of Detroit, there was a mayor of Detroit that killed a prostitute, eh? And he got reelected. What? Yeah. I just heard that. I was at a comedy show yesterday. We saw Tom Segura in London, Ontario. And uh, how did he kill the prostitute? I don't know. I don't, he murdered her somehow. He, he killed her, a prostitute. He must have been acquitted. I don't know. Yeah, he must have been acquitted. Yeah. So I don't know how. I don't know. The Detroit? Detroit? I'm just telling you what this comedian told me. I don't even, I haven't fact checked it. 
I haven't done any research at all on this thing. You want me to do it? Can you do a search on Google? I'm doing it right now, yeah. All right. Rob Ford, we don't need to get into the... Uh, Dave's, you're you're too worried about saying something bad about gays, right? Because if we get too deep in the gay issue, but Rob Ford's I'm not worried a, about it. I just he's getting in a lot of trouble about it because he's this week. Two things that he did this week against gays was he said uh, he everyone gave us they had a World Pride Day in Toronto. They had a World Pride Day, and uh, it was great success by all accounts. I think right, a lot of work went into it. It was the whole world congregated. Great economic uh, boost to the city to have that many people come in for this event to celebrate uh, gay pride or whatever and um it is a great event i can't think of another gay pride parade that's although we live yeah in- but this wasn't even the gay pride parade this was the world pride so it was different it was the normal toronto gay pride event is actually pretty spectacular and brings a lot of money in the city and then uh but this one was world pride so there was like the big one like they have them every once a year, oh, and it travels another, to another, city to city, or yeah, another country in the world will host it, right? Oh, and um, this year it was Toronto's turn, and Toronto did a good job of it by all accounts. I think I didn't hear anything negative from it. Sounded like a pretty good event. So, in city council, they decided that they were going to have a standing ovation for all the um, the people who planned this great event, and everybody stood up and 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 clapped except for Rob Ford, who sat in his chair with his arms folded, like he was just like, no, I'm not cheering for it. And uh, it's because he's got. Did he got, say why? Well, he did not say why uh, that I read. But uh, historically, Rob Ford has been very clear on his issues with regard to um, actually the gay pride parade. He's never walked in the gay pride parade. I don't think he has. He says he's been quoted as saying, "I haven't walked in. I'll never walk in." And he used to make the excuse that that's my week to go to the cottage in Muskoka. It just happens to fall on my Muskoka trip, so I'm not going to the gay pride parade, which is a big event for this, this city. But he has been quoted as questioning why we're giving money to uh, sexual preference is what he says and time and time again like they don't have a pride they don't have a parade for straight people i think he said one time why are we having one for this choice it's just a choice why are we why are we giving three thousand bucks a person to for you know for someone makes a choice oh, yeah that's that's right here about oh. the money what was it say I don't understand. This is uh, on city funding for the LGBTQ program. I don't understand. Number one, I don't understand a transgender. I don't understand. Is it a guy dressed up like a girl or a girl dressed up like a guy? And we're funding this for, I don't know. What does it say here? We're giving them $3,210. What is it for wardrobe? It doesn't. I don't know what it's for, but he's upset (laughs) about the three grand. Apparently that's a big deal for the city of Toronto. To be honest with you, by a per person or whatever, why do why do people based on their sexual preference deserve funding where people where people made a different choice sexually not get funding? That's his point, right? He's trying to be fiscally responsible, but it comes across. Uh, it's homo- not a choice, right? You're saying uh, make a choice about your uh, sexual well, preference. It's not a choice. Okay, well then for what These people are just being themselves, but I guess everyone's being themselves. Why would these yeah. people being themselves get money when these people? Correct. Other people here being themselves are not getting money. Yeah, that's. Thank you for clarifying that, Dave. You saved me. You're uh, welcome. Yeah, because I because that's true. That's what I mean. I, I don't mean that. Uh, you know, you decide to be gay just for the money. You take a cock in your ass so you can get three thousand bucks. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying you know you know he, he's just saying why are we spending money based on sex at all? Like it has nothing to do with taxpayers. You know, let everybody do what they want to do in the bedroom, but we shouldn't have to pay anything for it, right? And that's the other thing he got in hot water for this week. It was like they were they were trying to have a homeless shelter that was specifically for 
people in the whatever. LGBTQ. I'm never going to say that. It's too many letters in a row. It's five letters. I can't remember them. But anyways, uh, they're never going to do that. They're never going to. Uh, or anyway, so Rob Ford said he's, he doesn't understand why we have to give them their own uh, shelter. Of course. So he was the only one in council that voted against having a, a specifically gay a homeless shelter. And um, the reason they wanted to have it is to protect them because the, the, the gay homeless people were getting um, assaulted, right? Like it was a protection thing for them. So they wanted to give them their own that safe haven, right? I think that's what the point is. It wasn't so they could just have a homeless shelter where everyone can fuck, <laughs> which is what I <laughs> which is what's, uh, I think. Honestly, I think in homeless shelters, people are fucking no matter what. You think so? I don't think you can stop it. Yeah. You think it's a hot bed of pussy in a whole homeless shelter? I don't know. Pussy and ass. I really do. What? I don't think so. Well, because of drug addicts or something? No, just because people need to get laid. Do you think those homeless people get laid? I don't think so. They go into a shelter where there's all kinds of people who aren't getting laid. And what do you finally, think is going to happen? They're finally warm, and then they go into a nice warm They get place. a little bit of food. They get a bit of a stiffy. and They got a showers in those places? I don't think the homeless people care about showers. They just get used to the smell, eh? I don't know. I always, say, I always find that to be a detraction from my sexual performance when I smell like ass. Well, you're living in a different world than the homeless people, though. Yeah. Well, I know. You must get used to it. Like if you live in a pig barn, right? If you're on a pig farm, I know all this. Or, you, you or if you're spreading manure. You don't notice your house smells like pig shit if you have a pig farm, you know, because you'd live in it all the time. It's like you, right. you just get used to it. It becomes your natural smell. They actually say, you know how you go outside and you get that breath of fresh air? You get that breath of uh, – you smell the outdoors. The actual thing you're smelling is not the outdoors. It's the lack of smell that comes from indoors because when you're inside, you're smelling plastics. You're smelling building materials. You're smelling all the things that come along with – with uh, with a, a controlled environment that we create with our buildings. And then when you don't, when you're outside, you get the lack of it, right? And it's the same with a, when you're amongst the stench all the time. You did, that becomes your norm. And when you don't smell the stench, you're like, oh, that's so great. That's a funny thing that you're talking about with a breath of fresh air because uh, another thing in the news right now, uh, China has imported or some company has exported maybe, but into China, these bags of mountain fresh air. Yeah. They're yeah. selling air. There's, it's, they're not selling it. It's like a promotion where they just imported these bags and they're they're giving to the Chinese people, like in Hong Kong, where it's super polluted. Yeah, and they're these big blue bags that were inflated up in the mountains somewhere, and uh, they hand them out to these Chinese people. Like this is what you're missing living in this uh, in this smog filled society that you live in. Yeah, yeah, you could be enjoying this these uh, bags of fresh air. It's like space balls. You know the can of air that yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. opens in space balls and sniffs it but they're but sell- it's for real they're selling them to people they're not selling them yet i imagine someone will try to market it eventually but yeah. it's just some uh some people who like were in the mountains and and put these this air into bags i don't understand why so, i don't understand why people just don't fucking move you know like if you're like i don't understand i'm a little prejudiced but i don't understand city life at all like why don't well, you- how can you move if you're in china like where are you going to go? What are you going to do if you're in Hong Kong? I shouldn't just say China. China's a huge country. I'm sure there's lots of places where... Uh, well, you go to Beijing or you go to Shanghai or whatever, and you see these you know, uh, really, really modern cities that are like just growing like at exponential rates. Beautiful, beautiful, world-class cities. And then you, but uh, polluted nonetheless. But uh, then you go to like the countryside, and it's just like going back 150 years in time. Yeah. You know, it's just poverty like you've never seen before yeah. and just 
uh, like people with uh, mules and and uh, like a horse yeah. and bu- like really rice patties, you know, yeah. etched into the side of a mountain. Oh, the difference is huge. But you know what I would do if I was in that country? I would go live in the fucking shithole in the country. I think I'd have a better life than living in the smog-filled city with all the bullcrap you put up. Unless you're one of those really rich people. Yeah. Which I would never. I don't know. You wouldn't be able to get a bench T-shirt. Yeah. Now, one thing is that China's taking all our pollution. They're also taking all our uh, all our manufacturing jobs. Eh? Like that's we have to get manufacturing back to regular. We can't just export manufacturing. We need a certain basis of manufacturing in our in in uh, Western. This is a this is a message to everyone who's listening to this show who lives in North America. If you want to buy things manufactured in this you know in north america then you need to support north american manufacturing you need, <laughs> you need to what do you mean you said, that it. didn't make any fucking sense at all you said you said if you want to buy things that are made in this country you got to buy things that are made in this country that's what you said mm. not just buy things you need to be supportive of the manufacturing manufacturing business yeah 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 well, that's the thing. Everyone wants to buy stuff from around here, but they don't want to pay for it or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Like, Yeah, it's always the same thing. We don't want to pay for it. And the same thing. We, we, and then our government tries to enact uh, laws and legislation to protect us from things. Like I always think about agricultural chemicals. They always want to say, okay, well, for Canadian farmers, you're going to say, you can't use these chemicals. They're not approved in Canada. But the, the U.S. is using them. The China is using them. The, you know, Peru's using them. Brazil's using them. Everyone else is using them. But Canada's, we're going to protect our consumers by making the farmers not use these chemicals. But then we import all those products from those countries that are using those chemicals. Right. If we're trying to protect our consumers, then if we're, in, then if we're not letting our Canadian farmers use it, then we can't import products that have that product being used on it. That should be simple. That should be simple. Yep. If we're protecting our consumers, then we have to protect them around, across the board. But if we're not protecting our consumers from these chemicals, if we're bringing them from other countries, we're only punishing the Canadian farmers by not allowing them to use it. So that's the one that's always bothered me, and that's the way the, the way Canadians have done it. And I'm I'm not sure if Americans are as bad as we are, but I mean, most of the mo- Canadians are terrible for it. We just always end up punishing our own people and then helping out other countries and importing their shit, right? It's just a shame that we do this time and time again. I don't know if I'm going to see a change in that in my lifetime, but I really hope I do. Anyways, end that on a less than funny note. Do you have anything good to end it on so we can end it on something strong? The only thing else I had, I had the boss. I had the. Uh, I think I kind of covered all my shit. You want to just uh, just end it like weekly? Uh, yeah. Or did you have I anything? Guess so I'm. I. Uh, what do I got? The one thing I want to tell you all next week, guys, we have, I'm work. I'm got a, uh, I went to that Tom Secura show in London. We have a, a, a great young comic coming in, a stand-up comic that's coming in the Dutch hall. His name is, uh, Jason Allen. He's a stand-up comic out of London, London, Ontario. I saw him, uh, open for Tom Segura and, uh, he, I was really impressed with him. I think he was, a, he's, a, he's got some real promise. Great kind of like joke, 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 hammers you with jokes. He's, uh. I can't wait to have him in. He's coming in to record in a couple days, and uh, we should have that out to you within the next couple of weeks. I'm trying to put a few shows in the can for you. And also, I'm, I'm seeing if I can maybe get some footage from our annual Pothawk Piss-Up. I'm still working on the details of that, which happens on Lake Erie. 
but I think that's about it. I think we're gonna. I thank my guest uh, Dave Charters for coming in and helping me out today. Good time, buddy. And um, if, as always, please uh, follow me on Twitter, Dutch Hall on Twitter. You can uh, like me on Facebook, live from the Dutch Hall on Facebook. Uh, go on my website, uh, www.livefromthedutchhall.com. Hit, click on the Amazon banner and support me if you're going to buy, make any Amazon purchases. That'll come and help the show. Uh, check out Norfolk and Blues Festival. It's the 19th and 20th of uh, July. And uh, you have something else, Ad? I'd just like to give a call out, a shout out to all the dwarfs out there who are uh, not necessarily Haitian, but any dwarf at all who might be listening to the show. There's probably at least a couple of them. I don't know. There's lots of listeners. But um, the dwarves, if you could like help support the show and let us know if you uh, let Pete know if you're in support of this dwarf tossing thing, because I think it would be completely awesome. I know Pete talks about it a lot, but <laughs> if we could actually get a dwarf tossing thing going on, but I don't know if it's the Haitian dwarfs into it, but are most dwarves into it? I don't know. They're well, you know what I would say? If, if I'm going to do it, I feel like it's kind of offensive. I do feel it's offensive. I don't need to be doing it to support them if they feel it's good. And also, if they want to, th- if, if I get a team of dwarves to throw me against the Velcro wall, I would be happy to do that too. You know, I, I'm not against it. I'll, I'll, if what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I'll never ask a person to do something I wouldn't do myself. And that's well, like, obviously. Well, except for some women. I, I wouldn't take it in the butt. <laughs> All right, everybody. See you next week. Thanks, Dave. Cheers.